hey, I've got some really big news. I am so excited to announce that we will be together again in person this weekend. And we are so excited that you have the opportunity to be able to come and to be with us and we can worship God together back in our sanctuary. We are so excited and we want to do this the right way. So I need you to stay tuned because we're gonna give you important instructions today on how that can happen. So make sure that you stay tuned. We've got some uh, recommendations that we wanna share with you and we are going to make sure that you understand how all this is going to work, but we're looking forward to seeing you this weekend.
only king forever. Almighty God, we lift you higher. You are the only king forever, forevermore. You are victorious. You are the only king forever. Almighty God, we lift you higher. You are the only king forever, forevermore. You are victorious. You are the only king forever. Almighty God, we lift you higher. Welcome. We are so glad that you have joined us for Wednesday. Uh, what an exciting time to be together. We are so thrilled about what God is doing. Last week, we talked about the flesh and how our natural desires are working against us and keeping us from being who we can be spiritually. This week, we want to know our enemies. We want to understand what we're dealing with in the fight of our lives. And so I welcome you back to this Enemies series. We're going to be talking about this tonight. You see, life is not about just what happens here, but this is preparation for eternity. What happens here matters. Uh, there's no second chance. There's no do-over. How we live and what we believe really does matter. So Today, we want to talk about another of our main enemies, uh, spiritually speaking. And so we're going to be talking about the world. Last week, we talked about the flesh. But tonight, we're going to talk about the world. Our text tonight is 2 Peter chapter 2, verses 20 through 22, and it reads like this. For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ... They are again entangled therein and overcome. The latter end is worse with them than the beginning. Verse 21 says, For it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than after they have known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. But it is happened unto them according to the true proverb. The dog is turned to his own vomit again. And the sow that was washed to her wallowing in the mire. Today, we're going to look at another sneaky enemy of the souls of men, the world, right? Many deceptive schemes of Satan will be imposed upon us through the medium of the world. We are not trying to magnify the world, but we do want to expose it for the enemy that it is and the threat that it makes for every Christian. We're not talking about the globe or geographical locations when we say the world. We're, we're referring to the spirit of the world. We're going to talk about that more. It's important for us to identify our subject and to focus on this word from a biblical perspective since the word world covers such a very broad scope. Three very important terms in the scripture are used to describe the word world for us. Distinguishing uh, one meaning from the other and keeping it in its context is very important. The first word we're going to discuss is the word cosmos. Cosmos is a Greek word and it means the orderly arrangement of the world, uh, including its inhabitants. It's basically the sum total of what God has created. It refers to the fact that the world or the cosmos is the abode of man. So the order of things uh, within 
which humanity moves and of which man is the center. World in the New Testament in most places is translated to this Greek word cosmos uh, from that Greek word. So world in the following verses would be properly translated cosmos. If you look at John 1 and verse 10, he was in the world, the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. That's cosmos. Uh, you could also look at Acts 17, 24, God that made the world, cosmos, and all things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands. And then the very famous John 3, 16, for God so loved the world, cosmos, that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So there's another Greek word besides cosmos. Uh, it's ion, and it's A-I-O-N. It's a Greek word meaning space or period of time, especially like a lifetime. Uh, it's used uh, of one's time, life, or age. It's also a, a long space of time, an eternity or forever, uh, an age, per perpetuity, uh, messianic period, present or future course. Uh, so world then is properly translated ion in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them, 2 Corinthians 4 and 4. Also, you can look at 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 10, for Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world, ion, this present age, time. Uh, Romans 12, 2, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Also in Titus chapter 2 and verse number 12, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world, this present age. So Matthew 13, 22 says, He also that receives seed among the thorn is he that heareth the word, and the care of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and he becometh unfruitful. So we have two words already. Let's talk about the third word. It's oikamen, and it's, or uh, oikameni, meni. It's a Greek word. It's, it basically means the globe, the earth, uh, literally ground, earth, the scope of God's creation, the inhabited earth that we live on. World would be translated into oikomene uh, in the following verses, Matthew chapter 24, verse 14. If you look at the gospel, it says, The gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world, everywhere, location, for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. That's the day and age that we're living in right now, and it's happening right now on the internet. Luke 2, 1, And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed everywhere. Uh, Luke chapter 4 and verse 5, And the devil taking him up into a high mountain, showed unto him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. He showed him all the space, all the places. Acts eleven twenty eight, and there stood up one of them named Agabus and signified the, uh, by the spirit that there should be a great dirt throughout all the world, which came to pass in the days of Claudius Caesar. So we have to identify our enemy. Oikomene, is it, is it the, the cosmos? Or what is it? Is it ion? So our enemy, our soul's enemy, is not the land surface described in the third one, oikomene. It's also not necessarily the universe, which is inhabit and its inhabitants that we described in number one, cosmos. Rather, our enemy becomes the age or ion of number two that we talked about. From each age, from each ion, there 
there arises a spirit, inventions, allurements, uh, enticements, carnal trappings, places, and events that are invented by man. Every generation of humanity produces an atmosphere and an environment peculiar to its own day that is destructive spiritually if you involve yourself in it. So this situation is, is constantly in a state of flux. It's ever-changing, moving, reaching out to devour the souls of men. This eye on this age, problems of 50 years ago may not plague us today. Problems today may not be so big in 50 years if Jesus should tarry. Each generation has got to be spiritually aware of the enticements and allurements, the the evils of their day, and not allow those enticements to separate them from God. As we move forward in time with these new inventions and devices and new forces of evil to fight, we must stay abreast of what the Spirit is saying to the churches. we got to stay in tune with God. Each generation produces its own age, its own ion, its own spirit. The world, the cosmos of humanity under satanic influence will constantly be bringing new doctrines, codes of conduct, and and worldliness into our society. And every one of those must be weighed by the scriptures to its spirit, its truthfulness, and the direction which it tends to take us. Spiritual perception is... A must. We, we've got to unmuzzle the ministry and, uh, that fill the pulpits at all times that warn us of our age. And watchmen on the wall must ever remain in the tower sounding the trumpet at the approach of any worldly enemy. Some sins are, are just basic sins. Lusts and desires and moral sins like lying, stealing, hate, murder, etc. And they exist in every age. But then there's other sins that are peculiar to the day. And these are the ones that we've got to be on guard for. History records the growth and the spread, the intensity of iniquity over the face of the globe. Oikomene right, over the whole world. And it's not a polluted atmospheric condition, but one that originates in the heart, in the mind, and in the soul of man. And it culminates in every kind of conceivable sin. Saint of God, this defines the enemy of your soul, the world. What what makes up the world? What comprises the world? Well, you can pinpoint the elements that the world is made up of regardless of the age or the time in which you live. Root causes can be traced to one of the following things. We find these in 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 through 17. It can be traced either to the lust of the flesh, to the lust of the eyes, or, as the Bible tells us, to the pride of life. That's where your problem begins. That's where that world starts to creep in because we have desires, ambitions. We have strong inclinations to be like our contemporaries and excuse me, to participate in the activities of our own age. Satanic devices that are peculiar to our day must be discerned as such. And then they've got to be shunned, avoided, and removed from our lives. God doesn't alarm us without cause. He gives us warning in the scripture. If no danger existed, nothing would be imposed on us in God's word. He puts those warnings there to protect us, to help us. These dangers, these are are very dangerous and we are adequately warned. So let's examine the word of God 
uh, on this very important subject of the world. Each of these relate to an age, an ion of each generation. Let's talk about 2 Peter 2, verse 20. It says the world has its pollutions. 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 4 says the world has its corruption. Matthew 13 and 22 and Luke 8, 14 says the world has its cares. We can be consumed by the cares of the world. 2 Corinthians 4, 4 says the world has its God, small g, God. Ephesians 2, verse 2, the world has its course. It'll take you a certain direction. Titus 2, 12, the world has its lusts. 1 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 31, the world has its fashion, and we can get caught up in the fashion of the world. Galatians 1 and 4, the world has its evil. 1 Corinthians 1, uh, 22, 6, 3, 18, and James 3, 15 through 17, the world has its wisdom. There's the wisdom of the world that we have to be careful of. And the world has its spirit in, second, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12. We've got to be on guard against the encroachment of these things into our lives. Because allowing them to separate us from the love of God is going to be detrimental to us spiritually. We got to be very careful. We we need to look into God's word and we we need to find out how we should handle the world scripturally. Because knowing the enemy is one thing and knowing how to conquer your enemy is quite another. Simplistic and elementary thought, uh, it it might sound like it's very basic, but the biblical method for handling the world is, guess what? To overcome it. It's quite a challenge, I think, when you uh, think of the task. You begin to start thinking of the task that's involved. Yet the Lord expects nothing less of us to overcome. In the original Greek, the word overcome means to subdue, conquer, to prevail, or to get the victory. Webster's Dictionary defines it to get the better of in competition, to master, to suppress, to prevail over, to surmount or overwhelm. Jesus overcame the world, John 16, And guess what? In Romans 12, 21, we are to overcome evil with good. There, there's a lot of overcoming that the scripture speaks of. First John chapter five, verses four and five. There is a victory that overcomes the world. Amen. We can overcome. The scripture tells us in first John four, one through four, we can overcome because of the force. Amen. God's power that is working within us. Revelation 21, 17, if we overcome, we will inherit all things. What a powerful, powerful statement. God has made some glorious promises to overcomers. I want you to look into the, the, the following things that we're going to talk about. There's seven promises, and I want you to uh, just get into them and, and research them and study them a little, a little further than just what we're doing right now. But I want you to look at the promise to the overcomers that God makes. First of all, uh, in Ephesus, in Revelation 2-7, he makes a promises to those that eat of the tree of life, that they will eat of the tree of life. These overcomers in Ephesus, if they overcome, they will eat of the tree of life. And then in Revelation 2-11, we see the promise that he makes to the overcomers of Smyrna. He says, if you are an overcomer, you will not be hurt of the second death. 
In Revelation chapter 2 and verse 17, we see that God makes a promise to those uh, overcomers of Pergamos, and He says, you will eat of manna and you will have, a, you will have the white stone. Amen. Revelation 2 and verse 26, uh, He talks about the, the overcomers in Thyatira, and He says that they will have uh, power over the nations. If you are an overcomer in Thyatira, you will have power over the nations. And then He tells the overcomers of Sardis in the church, He says, in Revelation 3, 5, you'll be clothed in white raiment. In Revelation 3, 12, he tells those overcomers from the church in Philadelphia that they will be the pillar in the temple of God. And in Revelation 3, 21, to the church in Laodicea, he tells that overcomers will sit with me in my throne. God will never take us out of this world in order to protect us uh, just because we get saved. Just because you got saved, God is not going to just take you out of this world. Uh, God is not going to just protect you from every little thing that happens. Sometimes, amen, he allows us to go through things to prove us and to help us to be a witness to others. Only the rapture is going to be the thing that eventually solves the problem by getting God's church out of a worldly environment. But for now, amen, we're here. For now, we are going to live like Jesus. We are going to be overcomers, and we're going to overcome this world. Until then, we've got to live, we've got to work, We've got to uh, do school. We've got to be neighbors. We've got to walk among our peers in society. The scripture tells us that the wheat and the tares will grow together. The sheep and the goats will pasture together. And two must grind at the, wheel, the, the mill. Side by side, we must walk until God separates us. While awaiting his return, we've got to be a separate, holy, and distinguishable people, remaining unspotted from the world. So while we're in the world, we're not of the world. While we use this world, we, we should never abuse it. 1 Corinthians 7, 31. God's promises are to the overcomers, not to the conformers. When we read Romans 12, 1 and 2, we are not supposed to be conformed to the world. We're supposed to be transformed in this world. Your age, our ion, our time needs to be a witness and we need to be the light of this world. This is what Jesus said in Matthew 5 and 16. He said, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. We have got to be the light of this world. We have got to be the light of this age. We've got to be the light of our time. Amen. There is a dark world. There is an evil world. And many people in this world are being affected, but people are looking to us. They're looking to the church. They're looking at you. They're looking at your family. They're trying to see how you conduct yourself because they want to know, are you influenced more by this world? Or are you... Are you influenced more by the word? Is it the world that has your heart or is it the word that has your heart? Is God speaking to you and are you listening to him? Are you following his advice for your life? Because if you are, uh, you will not be able to help it. People will be able to tell and there will be a difference and it will be a pleasant difference. It will be a good thing. People will look at you and they'll say, how do you have the peace that you have? And how do you have the joy that you have? And how is it possible that you can go through the things that you're going through with such pleasure and you know that God is in control? I wish I had that kind of assurance. And guess what? Today, if you will 
apply yourself to study and to understand, to know the Word of God and apply it to your life. If you will seek to communicate with Him and allow Him to communicate into your life, I can promise you what's going to happen. God is going to help you overcome the world. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I don't have to be afraid of the devil. I don't have to be afraid of his devices. Amen. I can make a stand. I can be who God wants me to be, and I can overcome this world. I'm so thankful for what God is doing, amen, in our lives. And and I, I know that there are those of you that you're watching right now, and you say, how can I apply this? How can I... How can I make this stick in my life? I want to just encourage you. Be an overcomer. Don't be conforming. Don't, don't conform to this world, to its ways, to its wisdom, uh, to its fashions. Don't, don't just try to run after the course of this world and try to fit into all the fads and try to uh, look cool and, and appear to be uh, in sync with everything in this world. No, you need to be in sync with the things of God. So today I encourage you, take a moment to pray. Take a moment, amen, to get your life together and talk to God about what's going on, that you can overcome this world. Welcome. We are so excited that we're going to be able to get back together again this weekend. What an awesome time we're going to have together. And I just wanted to welcome you and I want you to know that we are excited about you being with us again. This is the door. Whenever you uh, come, you're going to come back to this door. And uh, this is the side entry door. And this is the door that we want everybody to get uh, to, to come into. Uh, then we have to create a one direction uh, one ent entry point and one exit. And so this is where we want you to come. Uh, so let's step inside and I'm going to go over some things with you. So as you can see, we have some signage that we're putting up that we're making and putting on the wall. 
but this is what we're going to do. We're going to have some signs available for you. And you're going to see this quite a bit, probably over the next few weeks. And this basically uh, just says uh, what is on this sign. It says that these will be our weekend services for, until further notice. So in person, Saturdays 7 and Sundays at 11. Sundays online at 11 on Facebook and YouTube Live. And our services will also be broadcast to the parking lot on FM 91.7. I also would uh, draw your attention to the different things that you can expect. These are our recommendations. And this is what we are recommending for our church and for those who attend uh, during our Together Again services. Nursery and King's Kids will be suspended for now. We will not have Nursery or King's Kids, but our nursery will be available for nursing moms or moms who need to change, uh, parents who need to change their children, uh, and they will be kept clean. And then we are asking everybody to keep six feet apart, uh, social distancing between individuals, and we encourage family units to sit together as they do not have to abide by the six foot uh, uh, separation rule. So come inside the sanctuary, and let me show you. Things look a little different inside the sanctuary right now. We have the seats set up very differently, and they will be able to be moved around to let families sit together and still remain social distance. And uh, so we have done that. There will be hand sanitizer that will be placed uh, in high contact areas throughout the church. Only two persons can be in the bathroom at a time due to the social distance. We are recommending face coverings, uh, but we are not enforcing. We do have ma uh, masks that are available. Some of our ladies have made these, and they are available. They are CDC approved. Uh, we are selling them uh, for whatever we pay the ladies for them, which will be about $5 a piece. And uh, some of them are very cool, and we just uh, would welcome you. If you don't have a mask and you'd like to pick one up, you can do that while you're here. Uh, but our first impressions team will be wearing masks. And then we encourage you, if you are nervous or concerned in any way, we really encourage you to watch our service online or listen from the parking lot if you are symptomatic or you have tested positive for COVID-19 within a rec the recommended time frame uh, from the health organizations. There will be only no contact greetings. That means no physical contact. I know you're used to shaking hands, hugging, uh, fist bumping, all that stuff. But right now, the best greeting you can give somebody is, hey, and have just a big smile on your face uh, and let them know it's good to see them. We will avoid handing out any materials. So normally we give out uh, a bulletin, giving envelopes, pens, all that kind of stuff. At, at this point, we're not going to give out any material. You can pick up a giving envelope on your own and you will be able to drop it into the offering pan. Uh, we will not be collecting the offering. You can just drop it into the offering pan. Uh, also, we encourage everybody to give online through the Church Center app on our website, or you can do that by texting any amount to the number 84321. So for example, if you text 50 uh, to 84321 and then you pull up the crossroads, uh, you can give a donation of $50. Please do not use the water fountain. We're going to walk through. So as you come into the sanctuary, you'll be able to see. You, we're, we don't want you to go back out the door that you came in. You'll come in, and you will be in the sanctuary, and we will worship together in the sanctuary, uh, and we will be socially distanced. As you can see, we have it spread out, and we have more than enough room for uh, probably about 50 people to be here. Uh, very pleasantly socially distanced. And then when you leave, we're going to ask you to leave 
out the door if you're walking towards the back of the sanctuary, the door on your right-hand side. And at this door, you were going to see the exit only. And we're going to ask you to exit through this door. And you'll walk through this hallway. And you see there's kind of a blockade that keeps you from being able to go anywhere else. And you're going to go through this way. And you will be walking out the main back door entry uh, from the, to the back parking lot. So uh, that will be the easiest way, and we will do this uh, in a manner that is, when we dismiss, uh, we will dismiss in a manner that is, people are able to stay socially distanced. And you also see on our uh, bathrooms, only two people at a time, please. And uh, there's instructions on hygiene and how to wash your hands and how to do that properly. You see our drinking fountain, we're asking people not to use. Uh, and we have readily vis visible signage throughout the rest of the church to tell people about hygiene practices. And officials have recommended all those individuals who are 65 and above or who have underlying at-risk health conditions to stay at home and to watch the services online. Selected points of entry and exit, which we have shown you now, uh, separate the two from each other, and they will be used in order to establish establish a one-way traffic pattern. So all the surfaces and common areas that people touch and that people are exposed to as they come in, they will be sanitized between every service. We're doing this uh, to try to keep the spread of the virus away from our church and away from our community, but we're excited about getting back together for in-person services, and we hope that you'll join us. If you're not comfortable, please stay home or watch it uh, online. Or you can come to the parking lot and turn, tune in to 91.7 FM and you'll be able to hear everything that's going on. We're so excited about getting back together. We want to do it the right way. We're going to be together again. Make sure that you get signed up.